Welcome back to the MVP podcast, show 26. Uh, we've got Michael Rabino. Um, I'm going to say the name again so we don't have a... Oh, weird. We have Michael Rabino on. He is a mold remediation specialist. Uh, he's got a book that's in the show notes. Uh, his website, uh, they're based out of Tampa. They've got another office in New Jersey and then LA. Um, so they're kind of spread out. But if you go to their website... Um, there is a link or a way that you can get in contact if they don't, I mean, he was talking about flying out from their offices. So if you've got an issue, you can definitely call him. Otherwise they've got other resources. Right. Um, definitely. I mean, obviously mold is never a fun thing to talk about, but it is relevant in literally every single home. Um, so he talks more about being on the, the proactive side than the reactive side and the health concerns obviously with it and what could come along with it if you don't get proactive with it. But um, very knowledgeable guy. Um, it was a great show, very educational. Um, excited to bring him on. So let's bring him in, start the show. Well, first off, I want to thank you for having me. And, um, you know, it's, I have a very unique story. Uh, basically, I've been around construction my entire life. So since I'm five years old, my dad has been a general contractor. Uh, I mean, literally, I remember just vividly being five years old, kind of walking around and having this little plastic saw cutting pieces of wood with him with my plastic saw as he was cutting as he was cutting wood and in, in you know in the hallway and um you know being around construction uh, from such a young age uh going to job sites on the weekends uh summers working for them things like that i've been exposed to you know construction really over the span of 20 years and uh it, it's it's it was amazing kind of putting me on that path to becoming handy myself. But, uh, I, you know, I started learning about how buildings should be constructed and how they should not be constructed. And um, there was this uh, massive hurricane called Hurricane Sandy, um, some of you may know, in the Northeast. Yeah. And uh, be, being from that area, um, I, I started working for my dad right around that time. And um, I had to witness firsthand basically people just poaching people off the street that had no experience in construction hey you want to make some money yeah i have some cash you know come out come on in and these companies these fly-by-night contractors as we call them were just you know basically picking people off the street and setting people up in their homes that had no idea what they were doing and making money that way and just billing insurance companies and uh needless to say there was a lot of projects that just did not do a good job and um, for about seven years thereafter, I started noticing people getting sick. Um, I'm going in helping people and, uh, you know, re-remediating houses that were supposedly already remediated. And as a result, you know, I had to uh, you just just fix things. And when I saw the state of, you know, people and their health conditions uh, because things weren't done the right way and after many years they had no idea what was causing them to become sick, um, it really started to turn a light bulb on inside my head that, hey, the, the way we do things is not really uh, the way we need to be doing things. And I started getting obsessed with figuring out what our current standards are in terms of remediation and how that impacts people directly with, within their health. And I started, uh, you know, coming up with basically with other people as well, but new guidelines and protocols that uh, now a lot of companies use today uh, in helping people who specifically who have health concerns or are sensitive to mold. Yeah. And that stuff gets 
really crazy. Um, yeah. I remember walking through uh, investment property. It was near like the Lake Michigan. We're obviously in Wisconsin, but near the Lake Michigan uh, shoreline, I guess. And we went down to the basement and the whole basement. I can't confirm it's mold because unless you get testing, you can't say that. But it looked like mold. And it was on the ceilings, on the walls. It was starting to get underneath the carpet. And that thing just spread like wildfire. And it was something that I was just like, I don't know much about it. I don't know how to to get rid of it. So like, I'm out. It was like that fear of the unknown. I was like, I, it's, it could be $10,000. It could be a hundred thousand dollars. I have no idea. We have, right. we have like zero insulation in our house. So like on our windows in the winter, we'll get condensation. And then that, if we don't wipe the condensation off right away by springtime, it's full of mold. Like it's just like yeah. disgusting black mold. Ooh, it's so gross. I hate cleaning it. Yeah. <laughs> So you're in a unique position to be obsessed with mold. Yeah. I'm in a unique position to be obsessed with mold for sure. I mean, most people are are detested by it. Uh, you know, the reason I'm obsessed with it is is not because I like it uh, per se from a physical perspective, but I'm obsessed with trying to figure out how to help people. And I think there's so much misinformation out there, uh, and I'm sure I can probably bring up a couple examples with you guys right now. You know, for instance, bleach. What have you guys heard about bleach? That it gets rid of everything. That it, kills that it gets rid of everything. That it kills everything. Well, did you know that it actually does not help with mold remediation? I had no idea. I would have thought that it would have been spot on for it. Yeah, so what it, what it does, it actually does bleach it, which makes it appear that it's not there when it really is. But also, you know, with, with one of the biggest myths that I've, come across and it even says on the EPA website now which is amazing that bleach what it tries to do is it tries to kill mold well the objective should never be to try to kill mold it should be to remove it and so unfortunately it has roots called hyphae that grow into building materials so if it's growing on your wall you need to physically remove portions of the wall where the mold is growing into it in order to fully remove it from your your property then you'd want to try to use like an antifungal, antimicrobial, etc., to remove any residue that's left behind. But um, what's very interesting is that like everyone forever used bleach, and uh, then all of a sudden they realize that mm, bleach isn't the best thing to use. Yeah, and I've always been told that like when you've got a spot, like I did, it was a window, and there was some spores on the window. I did kills. So I I did uh, some steel wool on the window casing and then obviously taped it. Kills the whole wood structure of the sill. So kills is like the paint, right? But I, I believe kills had a bleach type additive into it. Is that correct or is that not? Depends on the, uh, on the product because kills makes a few different ones. I mean, some are just stain blockers and odor blockers. Um, others, I think that I believe they do have a line that has an antimicrobial agent in it. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of one of the rookie mistakes I made earlier in my career was just painting everything with kills after you remediated. And then, uh, then I quickly realized that there was better, less toxic products to use out there. And I've since switched to those. But that, that's a big thing is if you don't remove it properly and you kills over it, right, what, really what you're doing is you're painting over the mold. 
So it's so important to make sure that it's actually removed properly before you get to that stage. And that's another kind of uh, hidden myth is like, hey, you know, just throw, throw some paint over that and it'll be fine. No, the, the mold will actually grow through the paint, uh, you know, some time, after some time it passes if it's still there. It does, and like, and it's not not. I'm definitely not designing this to scare you at all, because I, I will I will I will be the first one to tell you that if you have mold, it's totally fine. There's something you can do about it, right? So it's it's the fear of the unknown, as you mentioned earlier. The problem is that if we don't know that mold is a problem, then we don't know that we need to look specifically for mold and to make sure that we remove it properly. It's really in, in, in terms of real estate, and it's there's always these challenges of closing, right? Like we get this home inspection done, and now now we have people that get a home inspection and a mold inspection. And I, I could imagine being on that side or even being the agent, like, oh crap, this person's getting a mold inspection. What if they find mold? This could be a deal killer. You know, we, we should really remove that stigma of, of mold being a deal killer because I think that it's better to know what you're getting yourself into than to not know what you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. So even if you're a seller and there's a little bit of mold, just be thankful that there's not a lot of it of mold. You right. Know? Just just take care of the problem and let the, let the person move on, you know? Because there's situations where, you know, if you don't do your due diligence, whether you're the buyer or the seller, and then someone does move in and get sick, A, you set yourself up, up for a potential lawsuit, right? If, if you did do something about it and didn't disclose it. Or B, uh, you know, that person now can get sick as a result. So... Just to kind of dive into some of the, the health effects, um, you have definitely respiratory disease, respiratory infection, um, which we all know with COVID-19, respiratory disease and infection can can be pretty severe, right? So we, we definitely don't want that. It also can cause things like chronic, uh, chronic fatigue, chronic headaches, um, brain fog, that's, that's, uh, that's probably with one of the highest uh, complaints that I get from clients is that, you know, I have a severe reaction of brain fog. And for those of you who don't know what brain fog is, it's, it's, it's where you literally lose your train of thought, but all the time, you know, you'll be mid sentence uh, and you'll just be like, what was I saying again? Um, the, or you have trouble stringing words together in a sentence to begin with. So it's, it's something that can be very frustrating when you're trying to live a, a normal life and you're constantly losing your train of thought. Uh, but you could also have, Itchy eyes, red eyes, uh, burning eyes, um, you know, uh, skin rashes, uh, runny nose perpetually or stuffy nose perpetually, these allergy-like symptoms that kind of never go away. These are all, you know, pretty common signs that you could potentially have poor air quality and mold uh, being a part of that. All scary stuff. See, I thought you were going to jab me on that one because I do that every day. Um, is I had a question on mold. Is Are mold spores dangerous just sitting there on your, let's say you got some water around your window, it's on your drywall. Is it dangerous there or is it kind of like asbestos where it's only dangerous if it's 
airborne? Well, it's actually a really good question. I think to you know the the real danger is it getting inside your body, right? So, but but here's the thing. <laughs> this is why it makes this question a little more complex. If you have mold that you physically can see. I want to let you know that mold is typically between two and four micrometers in size. Now, I will then tell you another statistic that you need to know to put this together. The human eye can usually see between 50 to 60 micrometers at the smallest unit. So this is roughly 25 times smaller than what your eyesight can see. So when you do see it, there's typically tens, if not hundreds of thousands of it right there growing on that area. So to answer your question, when you have mold that you can physically see, that means that it's an active colony and it's, it's now become from a spore to a living, breathing organism, right? And it's actively producing more spores. So um, when you see it, it is producing and affecting your air quality. So you do want to physically remove it so that it's not. Now, yes, ideally you want to remove it with engineering controls. But if you're talking about a little bit of mold on your window, yeah, I would just get a mask, uh, spray it down so that it's less likely to release into the air, wipe it away with a microfiber towel, throw it away, toss it into the garbage, put it right by the curb. You know, that's kind of what you want to do with that. Um, When you have larger projects, when it's physically growing in your walls and you have to remove your walls, you, you need engineering controls, you need negative pressure, you want to make sure that you're not potentially releasing millions of spores into the environment. And that's, that's really where you know, things get tricky is when you don't realize that there could be a, when you see a patch of mold somewhere, that it's, it's actually potentially millions of spores colonized there, and you don't want to start releasing that into the environment. I say throw it away because it's probably the cheapest, most effective option, you know, just to buy another $2 microfiber towel, Uh, mainly because what you'd want to then do is you'd want to wash it with something like EC3, uh, which EC3 is a laundry additive that's known to remove mold and mycotoxins. And even then, it's 99% chance that it will. So you still have 1% chance that it's not fully clean after. Who wants to take that kind of chance, even though it's... 99% 99% chance. Why even bother taking the 1% chance? Just toss it down and get a new one. Um, you know, it, it, it's because then, then you get into the situation where now you're walking around with it. You throw it in the washing machine. Maybe you get some spores get into the air from that. Um, now it could contaminate your washing machine, although the EC3 would clean it. It's just too many variables for me to introduce into my mind. It would drive me nuts taking that kind of risk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And do you guys have like a formula or something that you either have within your company or that you recommend homeowners use if they do have those little spots before you guys have to actually come in and do the engineering behind it? Yeah, I would, the, 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 what I would use to spray it down with and wipe it away would be a product called Benefect Decon 30. Uh, you know, we, we joked around about Canada a little while ago that um, would love to tell you this product is, is from Canada. 
So hope, hope, hopefully you find some joy in that. that I don't know why uh, they didn't have that at the ven- at the vendor. <laughs> they should have they they had that at Disney World when you went there. You I know. know. I know. <laughs> the happiest place on earth, you know. But, um, yeah, so that that's the product that I recommend. It's very easy to get. You can go on Amazon right now and have a gallon in your door in two days. Honestly, what can't you get from Amazon these days in two days, right? Except when they lose your package. Yeah, I had one. when they lose your package. I had one lost, like literally forty minutes from my house. It got delivered into like the Chicago Amazon yeah. hub, and then it was lost. Ah, uh, yeah. Upsetting. That's always fun. But uh, what we'll do, not to bash Amazon, uh, we're gonna put a link to that formula in the show notes, just so people listening, if you are interested in the product, you can just click on the link, jump on Amazon, and, and purchase. Um, but. It is like speaking from us doing house flips. Um, we they're never clean. Like we pick up things at foreclosure, abandoned properties, things that are in total disrepair. Um, right. So when we're in our demo, I make sure all the guys are wearing ventilators. They've got like the the actual uh, filters that take on asbestos and mold and all those like harsh lung attacking. I don't know what you call them, spores, microbes. Yeah. I don't know what the word is for it, but they got to be yeah. protected because that's that's scary stuff. And I don't want them to be at all in harm's way. So I just make sure we'd rather err on the side of caution. Want them to come back to you later on in the future. Correct. <laughs> um, yeah, you, yeah. You you want to protect your people totally, and and getting them, you know, getting them like masks that have the P one hundred. Uh, you know, filters that will yeah. help filter out small particulates such as mold. And other, and there's probably allergens and toxins and other things when you're doing a flip property. Right. right? So that, that'll be, that'll be awesome to protect themselves. And, you know, look, if anyone gets sick, that's, it's uh, not only is it harmful for them, but it's, it's not helpful as a business either. Right. Is it now they can't come to work that day. So you always want to make sure everyone's protected. I think that's awesome. Yeah. In some of the bigger projects, like when would you say, all right, this size, the growth is too big. This formula is not going to work. You need to get in engineering. What would you tell homeowners in terms of like that level of tolerance to where they can do it themselves or they should actually call a professional, have them come in and do the remediation to make sure it's all safe? You know, I, I recommend, honestly, if you can see it, um, let's see, if it's if it's greater than one square foot, odds, and that's what you see on the surface, odds are it's probably even much bigger behind the wall, right? So, for instance, if you see like a 12-inch a by 12-inch patch of mold on your wall and you're thinking about cutting that out, I mean, look, it's your house. You can do what you want. You want to protect yourself. You want to open it up. Perfect. But I would be concerned about how much is being released into the air by doing that, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, I would be concerned about what you're going to find behind that wall. You might have moldy insulation. You might have rotted wood. You might have all kinds of things that that you now have to leave open and expose to your environment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and to to not have a plan to do something about that could be – cause more harm than good and usually as a homeowner you're trying to do some good when you're working on a project diy the other thing i want to clue you into is the hvac system which is basically the lungs of the home right Mm -hmm. 
All it all it takes is one spore to get to that HVAC system and that coil, because you know that coil it constantly condensates, right? Yep. And what do we what do we know about mold? We all know this one fact: mold needs water, right? Yeah. If that HVAC coil is constantly condensating, there's your water. You get one spore on that coil, it starts to grow around that coil. Now your HVAC system, which is the the lungs of the home, becomes a mold factory, right? So picture that, that like yes. Should direct a movie on that. It's you know it's 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 happened to so many different people. Uh, you know, inadvertently, obviously they had no idea, but uh, that it's it's a concern. Typically, if if anyone's doing a mold inspection, almost not nine times out of ten, they're going to test that HVAC system because if you have mold somewhere in your house, odds are that mold is producing spores that get aerosolized. That HVAC system is constantly sucking air in, conditioning it, supplying it back out. So, like, it's it's almost a guarantee that the the HVAC system is going to have some level of contamination. Now, they can be clean depending on the age of the system. But if you have a 15 year old system and you have some, it, it's already showing signs of rust and things like that. I think your the cleaning is going to be very unsuccessful. So, you always want to be considerate of doing things and and. What are the consequences of doing mold remediation yourself versus having someone else do it with proper engineering controls? There's always a risk to reward there. Obviously, you save money doing it yourself. You save money doing anything yourself. But you always got to look at that risk first reward factor there. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just had a thought pop in my head because you were talking about when you can see it, what it means. Is there any at home or thing that you, just because you're in the world of mold that homeowners can do to see if they have mold or there are some like lit, like i guess for lack of a better term like litmus tests aren't there out there yeah like i mean if you go to home depot right now they'll have these like at home test kits yeah. where it, it'll turn purple if it's mold um you know it's they're very basic right they just you kind of have to like find a surface that you think has mold and touch it with that and it'll yeah. just turn purple when you hire a professional It'll tell you, you know, what what species it is, if it's toxigenic, pathogenic, or allergenic, how much is present, which is important to understand because, you know, if there's a hundred million present, for instance, you know, you're not going to want to touch that with a ten foot pole, mm-hmm. um, you know, by yourself, right? So there's a lot of data that you get um, from a from a hygienist, as you as you would call them, that you know, versus one of those at home test kits are very very limited but if you're looking to just say hey is this mold let me check it up oh, yep it is now i should call a professional if you're looking for that first valid step of validation you know by all means go for that they also have these like little petri dishes Ooh. i don't know if you guys have ever heard of that yes. or you could put that out and you know it, it's like a science project going on inside your house if you have mold high school 101 love it high school 101 right you, you put that up and you see what what it, what it finds again it's very limited Unless you happen to look under, look at mold under microscopes every day, odds are you're probably not going to be able to identify what it exactly is going on inside that petri dish. But it's a good indicator that hey, there's some, there's mold, there's mold, uh, you know, quantified in the air because obviously it's it's making its way here and it's starting to grow inside this petri dish. Yeah, I feel like the petri dish would be one that you could use if it's not visible. Right. That's exactly right. If you're just if you don't see any visible signs and you're just Looking to see how your air quality is. Yeah, you put the feature dish out. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good indicator. 
Although, you know, it, it depends, you know, it depends what your budget is and what you're looking for. I mean, you know, for me, I, I, because of what I know, obviously, when I, whenever I'm looking to get into a new space or, you know, even if it's, if I've been in my home for a few years and I'm just looking to make sure there's nothing going on that I can't physically see. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get a, uh, home inspection by a mold inspector, you know, do some, do some sampling and just make sure the house is good because, you know, another thing that people forget is, did you know you're supposed to spend about 4% annually on your home? Um, in terms of, uh, what your home's value is, you're supposed to spend 4% on maintenance every year. Um, most people don't, right? You know, we're, we're programmed to, we're, we're, we're programmed to, uh, being reactive, not proactive, right? So, it's not, it's not until the roof is leaking and has caused, you know, thousands of dollars in damage with water and mold before we do something about it. So, you know, it's, it's always good to have an inspection done annually, whether it's air quality or just a regular home inspection to see if there's any problems that could be causing water intrusion. You know, it's amazing. Water causes so much damage that you wouldn't believe it. And it's not just mold, it's bacteria too, right? No, so. water feature huh oh yeah for sure like uh, it was like on a holiday weekend and all of a sudden i was like that sounds like water and then i was like oh that's because our wall was falling apart no big deal <laughs> yeah so you've seen firsthand you know the kind of the destruction that that can happen if you're not paying attention to what's going on from Absolutely. the outside in and uh you know what one of the other things why i'm so passionate about what i do it's not just because of you know saving money and you know doing things the right way but it's also from a health perspective do you guys know that the average person takes 20,000 breaths per day I did not Mm -mm. you do now now think about that for a second though let that sink in 20,000 breaths per day I think it's safe to say that we consume more air right than than the water that we drink or the uh, food that we eat right and think about it when you're not feeling well or you know you know go to a doctor the first thing they tell you is like well did you change your diet you know or or did you change did you change bottled water that you're drinking or are you drinking tap water now like they're trying to they're always trying to figure out it's always like the food or the water right no doctor ever says did you check the air quality in your home you know because you, br- you breathe a lot of air we should mm-hmm. probably check that so what's, what's interesting is I've, I've helped so many families get better that had no idea that they were even sick in the first place just because like they weren't really feeling themselves they weren't living this optimal lifestyle like they used to and had no idea that it could have been air quality from the first place so that's that's the type of awareness that we're trying to create it's like it's it's about looking at this holistic approach to our lifestyle are we drinking good water yes are we eating good food great well what about are we breathing good air i mean i've never heard that before except for the dots that I've connected and I've been out there advocating for it. 
Yeah. And like the next thing you could think of is your filter that's in your furnace. Is there like, I always see that you can get like the $2 one at the big box retailer, or you can go all the way up to like a $20 filter. Do you think in your experience, the $20 one is worth it? Does it catch more? Does it have those extra securities in it that will help? Or I, I will I will tell you of a twenty five hundred dollar filter that I think everybody should have. How about that? Ooh, all right. Um, the, <laughs> the the answer the answer to your question is the twenty dollar filter is going to filter out smaller particles than the two dollar filter. But why is that so important? Because the more particles that it filters out, the cleaner your air that you're that it's recirculating around your house, which ultimately means you're going to be breathing cleaner air too. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to, to get that better filter. When we, we always look at things like, you know, just it's just kind of our human nature, right? We look at products and we're like, that one does the same thing as that one, but it's cheaper, so I'm going with the cheaper one, right? How many times do we do that? Hi, I mean, I'm raising my hand up real high. <laughs> oh, and you're talking to people from a discount state. Yes. Like, we love our sales, yes. we love our discounts. We actually had a really funny, there's a comedian in our state, and he did a hilarious, like, shit <laughs> on how to save money in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, I know I love a good sale myself, right? And but with this, with this, we have to figure out what what sell we're trying to actually make here. This is our we're compromising our health every time we buy that two dollar filter. It's mm-hmm. without a doubt because unfortunately that two dollar filter it really filters out basically nothing. You know, maybe large dust particles will get trapped. It's usually like this blue or white netting. You know that. Yep. It, you, you, you could almost like stick your fingers through it. Like it's yep. not really filtering much out. Right yep. now those $20 filters, as you could see, like you're not, you're not getting st- anything through that thing. It's, it's, it's pleated, right. But it's going to be very, very tiny. It's going to capture a lot smaller particles. Now the $2,500 filter I talked about, the crazy thing about that is, and it's, it's not like a filter that comes in a box that you just stick right in. It actually is something you'd have to physically mount onto your unit but the, the reason why I love it is because it actually filters out as small as seven nanometers. Now, the $20, the $20 filter probably filters out as small as, at best, three micrometers. So nanometers is, 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 is much, much smaller than a micrometer even. Again, you know, it's, it's just in terms of do you want to filter out something as small as a mold spore? Do you want to filter out something a hundred times smaller that's as small as a virus, right? Yeah. And those are the types those are the types of things that you can get. So yes, this twenty five hundred dollar filter, it's mechanical, it ties into your HVAC unit. You need a professional to install it, but it will I mean if anything can trap out something as small as a virus, you know there's virtually nothing that is getting through that filter and you're gonna be breathing the cleanest air possible. You know, it's funny that you're talking about this As she steps away from the microphone know, to start cleaning. All right, we'll, we'll pause so you can change it real quick. No worries. We'll be right back, everybody. Um, that $2,500 filter. Can we get the name of it? Yes, you can. It's called Healthway Super V. So is, Healthway is the manufacturer, Super V is the model, and it's a whole home air purifier. It actually ties into the HVAC unit. 
And is that a one-time installation that lasts for a while, or is that something that you have to replace? Yeah, or? so basically it's, it's a one-time installation, and then it has like these chamber of media filters that tie into it, and um, they last for three years. So you know how you're supposed to change your filter every three months in your return? Mm-hmm. This one you don't change for three years. I don't know what the replacement cost of that is off the top of my head, but I do know you do not need to buy another $2,500 component every three years. Follow-up question to that, then, would be, is this $2,500 filter something, because I know you said it needs to be professionally installed and put on your furnace, yep. but is it something that you can have professionally uninstalled and take with you when you house Yes. It? Yes. Okay. Boom. Absolutely. So definitely worth yes, it if it's, it's going to be yours. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a little, you know, it's, it's obviously you have to get someone to install it and uninstall it, and that's kind of a pain as opposed to the room air purifiers, but it's much more effective than, than having, you know, three or four different room air purifiers when you have one tied into your HVAC system. Mm-hmm. Right. And it might be a pain to have somebody install it and uninstall it, and then when you move. But how many you life are you going to do that, really? Right, that was going to be I mean, one yeah. thing. And then two, it's going to hurt a lot more with the respiratory illness. Oh, that's than that so yeah i mean i've heard you know you know what's, what's so interesting that you just said that is because i hear people all the time that are that are like you know i don't want to spend a couple thousand dollars to do all this and it's like you know i i, I would love to connect you with the person who who had that mentality a few years ago and right. after fifty thousand dollars of medical bills wishes they spent the, the couple thousand dollars when they had the opportunity sure. it's 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 always interesting to, to kind of look at that perspective and i'm the same way i'm always like you know why do i have to spend money to do this and i can do it myself and or what you know I, that's a professional i get it but i feel, feel like i could figure it out pretty quick i'm a smart guy but it's like Dude, you know, I have 10 years of failures that I've learned from, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you really want, you really, you, you're not going to get 10 years of failures on your first try, right? So you have to really look at cost versus worth. Sometimes paying for someone to have less headaches and know that it's done right is, is the best approach, yeah. Yeah. especially yeah. concerning your health, you know? Right. For sure. I'm definitely a penny pincher, but this seems like it would shabby of an idea and especially like if you haven't filled out your taxes yet and you get a nice tax return when you're done like why not spend a couple yeah. grand and go get it yeah yeah it's exactly right and you know talking to your accountant about what you can do to write off some of the expenses of improving your house is sure. is valuable in itself too mm-hmm. yep absolutely and i don't think air quality is something that people really talk about me being an agent like they talk about an RO system for their water. What? Uh, reverse osmosis, like the drinking water. They talk about that. Um, lighting. But like no one ever talks about like, they want to know like, oh, is the furnace new? But that's about as far as you go with the furnace. And like, that's kind of a big component of your house. Right. Um, is it new? It doesn't work. Yeah. So like, that's a big thing that I, I think we should start bringing up when people are buying, selling homes. Because that, I mean, that's huge. Especially after COVID-19. Especially. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think COVID-19 has created the awareness that there is something that is small. So small that you can't see it. That could impact your health. Well, so people have really... Here you go. 
Yeah, it's like, well, that mold is another thing, you know. And, and then the other thing about COVID is like, not only is that, can something small that you can't see can impact your health, but it travels through the air just yeah. like mold, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, 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 it's obviously that it's obviously brought this uh, much needed discussion to light that, you know, air quality is a big thing because a, a lot of a lot of uh, COVID-19 and unfortunately could have been avoided by, you know, some ventilation changes in, inside indoor buildings or just like the knowledge of air quality and how to improve it in general can can limit your exposure to mold, viruses, bacteria, etc. So there was uh, we we have really. As a as a global uh, economy, we we all really needed more of an education in air quality um, to help with uh, COVID when it did. And I think now we're starting to realize air quality is much more important than we ever thought. And it's a, definitely a much needed step in the right direction. And um, you know, it's unfortunate. I think that we're, we're we're likely to have some sort of problem in the future. And I think we'd be better prepared for it if we knew more about air quality uh, like we've started going into. Yeah. And I know that when COVID hit and I mean, for us, the relevance was like gym shut down, school shut down, restaurants shut down. And those were all three when they started opening back up. The first thing I talked about was the upgrading of their circulation. Like all the schools upgraded their central airs and their filters. The gyms had to up theirs like immensely. Um, just even like having those little machines that would go out and like purify the air like after some yeah and, and I mean they're throwing all like these terms at me about how much it's cleaning and again I'm like I have no idea no. so I would take it and I would do what everybody else does go to Google and type in these words and oh that's a new definition I just learned and how it all works yeah. but I mean that's something yeah. that I don't really know much about because I mean the most I know about HVAC is like I can set a furnace in and then I have my HVAC guy come in. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. about it. Because, I mean, learning the X's and O's on that, and I'm in the world of real estate, to learn the X's and O's of how a furnace works and all that, no idea. So, Can I tell you that m- most HVAC guys don't even know the X's and O's of how this all works, right? They just know how to put sheet metal together, and they're like, okay, great, you're good. You know, yep. it, it's... <laughs> If, if you ask, if you ask even the most expert HVAC company about you know air quality and things like that, they will tell you, well, you know, uh, the air goes through at uh, X amount of cubic feet per minute, you know, and that, that's about the extent of what they know. That's and so it's it's it well, yeah, unfortunately, it is scary. We you know, unless you're a in the mold business, you don't really deal too much with air quality, and I think that's kind of the the biggest problem. You know, someone who builds a new house does not have to have an educated on education on mold to build a house. And these are all things that probably should be updated, right? These are all different types of standards that, that really need to be talked about uh, that, that are not. Because I think we're still at that infancy stage where we're still like, oh, air quality is important. Yeah, we should probably take a look at that from all aspects. HVAC, contractors. What about home renovation contractors? I'll tell you a really quick, scary story. Oh boy. There was a client I had who put in a brand new kitchen. And after putting in the brand new kitchen, like started not really feeling well. And uh, after getting uh, some mold testing done, they found that there was mold behind their brand new kitchen. Like, well, how can that be? Because Oscar just put in this beautiful kitchen. Well, Oscar, unfortunately, because he's never been trained in mold, he has a license to do contracting work. 
but he's never had any mold training. He thought that when he removed the drywall that had some mold on it, that that was really remediated, right? And so what he didn't realize that he, the wall cavity itself still had mold growing inside the wall cavity. And so when he put the new kitchen in, he built right over mold. And so that whole new kitchen had to come right back out, be remediated properly, and then put right back in, you know, so that the person can feel better. These are all things that we were like, wow, these are really avoidable problems. But because there's... That's a big loss for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there something... These are all avoidable problems, you know, that we, if we just knew more, we could avoid these things. Right. Is there something that, that either house flippers or homeowners, if they're doing a project and they're ripping down drywall in, I mean, cause right now we have a flip going, all the drywall is off, all the insulations out. Like, is there something that I can see on the frame that, or should I do that Petri dish thing? Well, I'm really you, curious. Uh, like, is there something I can do to prevent that from happening? Cause this is gonna be a flip. And I'd like to know that the person I'm selling it to is not going to buy something that has a potential problem. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you can definitely, I, first, what I would do, if you do flips a lot, I would make friends with a mold inspector that can come in and do some basic testing and identify, I would do it when the house is opened up. Cause then now you have the perfect opportunity to address mm-hmm. any, any issues. Right. Cause most of the, most of the costs with remediation comes in and setting up the engineering controls, doing all the demolition, then doing all that process you know, and, and, and remediating, then cleaning the place. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're, you're, you're in the middle of demolition stage, you're, you don't have all these, you know, uh, level five finished materials in place yet that all need to be recleaned and all of that stuff throughout remediation. You're at the pinnacle point of where every homeowner's dream would be to be at if they were dealing with a mold remediation project. Cause now you're, the building materials are already removed. You're just treating whatever could be potentially on the framing, removing that, so you have a fresh space to build, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I would I would definitely make friends with an air quality guy because this way you can you can ha- lean on a professional to inspect and observe if there's any issues, and then he can just write a protocol of what needs to be done, if anything at all, uh, before you start building. And it's it's simple. I mean, the other thing that you can do is you you have vacuums, right? I mean, you're going to be doing demolition. You're going to be mm-hmm. vacuuming. I would have two types of vacuums. I would have your your demolition vacuum, which bulk material removal. Mm-hmm. And then I would have your HEPA vacuum. I would invest in one of those. And then after you vacuum for bulk removal, you can then vacuum for, with the HEPA vacuum, which is going to be that more fine particle removal that just help clean up any other little dust and debris. And believe it or not, that's going to make a massive difference because now you're not building over all of this dust, potential allergens, toxins, or whatever else came from the previous owners. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do that, and you can be like, I am not only a flipper, and this place, I have not only transformed this place, but I went above and beyond to do this so that we know it's going to be the cleanest flip in the land. I'm a clean flipper. <laughs> there you go. It's almost, you, can, you have a whole new marketing tactic now. There it is. It's called a HEPAVAC? HEPAVAC. HEPAVAC. Okay. You could also like always have Benefac in your arsenal too. Uh, you could always keep some on your truck. And, you know, again, after you do that, if you want to go the, the extra mile, 
just wipe, you know, get some microfiber towels, some Benefact, wipe, wipe everything down, and it's clean, ready to reconstruct. You know, it, you're adding a couple steps to your cleaning process, right? But you're making it that much more thorough. And right. honestly, it's going, you're going to have literally probably the cleanest air quality out of all your flips compared to any other flipper on the market because no one's going that extra mile. We're going to cut this part out of the show so that no one else hears it. <laughs> and I'm going to be the only one. No, we're not actually going to cut it out. We'll be the only one. Natasha's like writing down the time, like, okay, I'll cut that out of the show. A lot of side tangents. Um, so That's more about with, with you, because I want to get into like how people can contact you or, or what the best time is. In your business, do you see more people contacting you as I'm the homeowner, I have an issue? Or do you really come in when there's a transaction happening, seller, buyer, where they're flip, like exchanging property? Is that kind of when you come in or what? Um, you know, I, I built up a reputation for myself as uh, for someone, for someone who really is sensitive and needs like to go the extra mile. Um, so I would say majority of the work that I do is for clients who are specifically seeking us out, uh, for help because we do, we, we have the capability of going ex- like over the top, extremely thorough, uh, for those who need it. Because honestly, there's, there's a, a lot of people out there that are debilitated and need much more than what the industry standards call for. And that's kind of our, our main niche. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say the, other, the second largest uh, cause of me needing to be involved in a project would definitely be, you know, um, sellers wanting to do the right thing, remediate and, uh, you know, move on with, with, with what they're planning to do and buyers who need help because they love the home, they want to buy the home and they, you know, they know that we'll remediate it properly. So, uh, looking for that, that help in, in closing the deal. And so, yeah, we get, we get both sides. Okay. And how much, I know this is a very open-ended question that has a lot of different things to be in it, but how long does a remediation take? And I know it depends on the size of the project, but, um, is this something that if they called you saying, Hey, I have a little thing of mold. Is that like going to be a week process or... Um, you know, it, it depends. There's a there's a client right now who's trying to buy a house, and um, you know, I just got his report, and it's probably a day's worth of work. You know, and it's in, in a, a day in and out. You know, there's a small problem in the dining room with some water intrusion around a window. You open up around that window one day to stabilize and remediate it, and then it has to be. You know, obviously it has to be fixed on the outside. So we'll we'll basically plastic off the intrusion area um, as a temporary solution. But they're going to need to get a stucco repair person out to make the repairs to stop the water from intruding. So it's usually a two-part process. With remediation, it's not just about removing the mold that's there. It's about fixing whatever opportunity allow that mold to grow in the first place. Right. And it's probably going to be redirecting water. Yeah. Redirecting that's, water. That's yeah. one thing that I've stopped doing is I'm sa- I stop saying you got to stop the water from – like you just got to – you don't stop water. You redirect. You redirect, you redirect it. Yeah. Yeah, water travels the path of least resistance. Yep. We just sank uh, my downspout in the sub pump underground and ran it off to the backyard. And it was like the moment of truth when we dumped water in it to see if it was actually going to go. 
because we backfilled everything and they were like oh we didn't test it fingers crossed here and then we just dumped water and it all, it all worked but yeah it's it's just about redirecting where water goes that's just, it but, yeah just 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 force it to go somewhere else that's it once you do that hopefully you don't open up another area oh my god another can of worms i know um well, that is, I mean, it's super exciting. And I, I want to bring this out to light with the listeners about just going in and bring somebody in like yourself to just come in and check. Yeah. Um, even if there's a service fee of a couple hundred dollars just for peace of mind, especially when you have kids, because yeah. kids are going to be yeah. more susceptible to it and they're going to feel the effects a little bit more. Um, just to bring somebody in just for the, the peace of mind, um, knowing that your air quality is good. Cause I mean, you spend a lot of time, especially in the winters in the Midwest, we spend a lot of time inside because it's terrible outside, um, to bring somebody in. So for you, how would people, how would the listeners get in contact with you? What's the best way, um, for them to reach out for you to, to come in and do an assessment? So the best way to reach out to me is to go to our website, allamericanrestoration.com. And uh, we pretty much travel all over the United States. Uh, our main offices are in uh, New Jersey, if you happen to be in the Northeast, uh, Tampa, Florida, if you happen to be in the Southeast, or uh, Los Angeles, if you happen to be on the West Coast. And, uh, you know, we do travel for projects if you're not feeling well and mold is definitely not helping with that and you know you have mold, I'd be happy to help. That's kind of our specialty. Um, but if you live outside the area you have a tiny problem you're looking to sell your home or buy a new one um, and it doesn't make sense for us to physically fly out there financially by all means you know you can go on our website there's a ton of free resources on there to how to find a good mold inspector how to find a good mold remediator and hopefully those resources will help you find someone that makes sense to hire in your area Yes, yes, you have, we have 1-888-668-6653, and uh, that 6653 stands for mold, by the way, but... Nice, nice, and we'll add... Oh, sorry, you can go. Sometimes it's just easier to say the number than it is mold, because you have to, like, I I know on my phone it doesn't even have the the letters underneath it, so it's like, well... You have to like look it up. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I used to have a, a phone. I used to own a business and I had a, a phone number that stood for something too. It was five six seven woof, like as like a dog barking. But I was like, yeah. we're just gonna go back to numbers. Okay. <laughs> we're just gonna go back to numbers. <laughs> no, and we'll add all that context stuff into the show notes along with all the products that you recommended. Um, I will say one thing: I love companies that offer resources. Like what you just said, if we're not in your area, we have resources of how you can get in hold with somebody in your area. For yep. me, that's a big thing that you're offering up information just for the good of everybody. Marcus will be on your website tonight. Absolutely. Like um, but I will say, I think like the Chicago Milwaukee market would be a great next location for you guys. For just sure. saying. Okay. I think we need I a presence love, in the I Midwest. And I'm only saying oh. Chicago because it's a bigger market. But if you go to Milwaukee, that's cool. Yeah. I'm all right with that. <laughs> we yeah, we, we did. We did actually do an estimate in Chicago not too long ago, where we had to fly out and do that for someone who was really sick and needed our help. So yeah, no, I, I, 
I, I do. We usually, how we usually get most of our business is actually through doctors and doctor referrals. Oh. And, uh, yeah, just cause like we really dive into that health aspect and help with that. So, um, you know, we, we haven't really connected with a lot of doctors in the Chicago and Milwaukee area. Um, so we haven't been getting as much referrals from there, mostly from, you know, individuals listening to podcasts or maybe they read my book or something like that. And they've, uh, made some connections. I do. I do. It's called the mold medic. He's holding out on us. I know. Come on, man. Is that on Amazon? it, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes and Noble. It's called the Mold Medic. Um, the, the perspective of that book is is really more in the medical base community. That's probably why we didn't we just naturally didn't bring it up in conversation. But basically, again, if you're sick and you you think mold could be the problem, that book is really helpful because it kind of kind of goes over like what why all mold remediation isn't necessarily the same. Why all mold inspections themselves isn't necessarily the same, and you know, how do you find someone that you can work with that can help solve your problem? And then what are the steps that that entails? Because you have, I mentioned earlier, like HVAC, that has to be a part of it. It either needs to be clean, replaced, or what have you. Yeah, you have, and then what about your stuff? I mean, if you're, if the mold problem is really bad, you have, you know, mold, you know, contamination is horrible and it's getting all over your stuff and you're really, really sick as a result, you know, you have to, you have to deal with that as well, right? So, it's, uh, you know, it, it kind of dives into all those aspects, and it's really helpful for people who are, you know, uh, sick, um, dealing with poor air quality. And, uh, yeah, so if, you, if, that, if you're listening and you happen to think that, by all means, check out the book. Awesome. I just put it on my Amazon cart. That will be ordered. <laughs> it'll, be there, it'll be there in two days, as well as your beluga whale that you ordered, right? Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> Um, and we're going to add, we'll add a link to that book, uh, in the show notes as well. Um, I can't wait to read that. I, I'm such a nerd. I love to read no matter what the book is. If someone recommends it, the only thing I can't get into is like fiction. So, oh no, I'm nonfiction for sure. So I'm going to definitely pick up the book. I'll read it. Um, next time on the show, we're going to talk like, I want to go into the book. I think that'd yeah, be... we could definitely. No, that's it. You got to read the book, and then we'll go into the book. Right. If you want, if you want, you could also follow me on Instagram at the Mold Medic. Okay, got that too. At the Mold Medic. And that—that's where I'll be sharing, you know, this podcast when it comes out. Awesome. Sweet. It'll be next Friday. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, I hope the listeners got something out of it. Um, yes, mold is a scary thing, but we don't need to be scared of it if you take the precautions. And like you said earlier in the show, go more on the offensive than the the defensive on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing. I'm I'm sure people got a lot out of it. Oh my gosh, absolutely. If not just awesome. the courage to investigate it. Right. I mean, I think this has been our most. Um, this our is real and relevant. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of words today. Maybe I should go check out my mold yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> we got a mold situation over here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, you know, and, and uh, in summation, let's, let's not let mold be a deal killer. Let's actually do something about it. And, uh, you know, once, if we're all more aware and if we're all protecting it, it actually brings the cost down, right? Because there's going to be less problems going into it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. It's the same thing like, 
everybody's like, oh, I don't take vitamins are expensive or I don't do this because it's expensive. Think of like years down the road, how expensive it's going to be when you're like on medication that you need to be on because you yes. didn't spend the money now to like make sure you didn't. Same concept yes. here. Like you're going to be paying for medications because your lungs are damaged rather than just yep. spending the money up here and you'll be happier. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I'm going to get that book. I'll read it. We're going to schedule another time. Awesome. We'll get you on video. Awesome. Let's do it. And then video by that fun. time, by that time you're going to open up your office office in Chicago. It'll be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fly out there. We'll shoot, we'll shoot the video there. It'll be perfect. Perfect. That'd be great. Thank yeah, you thank guys. you. It I appreciate it. With you. I appreciate it. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.